Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. The 101 Ash Street saga continues. The San Diego City Council approved the as-is purchase of the building in 2016 for $128 million. That was under then-Mayor Kevin Faulkner, who was told the building only needed a power wash. But it turns out the building was full of asbestos and needed $115 million in repairs before it could be safely used. Consequently, no one is working there now. Reporting by the San Diego Union-Tribune revealed that a real estate broker advising the city in the transaction was also working with Sistera, the building's landlord. The city stopped its lease payments of more than $500,000 a month in late 2020, and ever since then, the city has been looking for a way out of the Ash Street contract, as well as a contract at Civic Center Plaza. In the latest news, the San Diego City Council met Tuesday in a closed session to consider its options in a trio of lawsuits. Jeff McDonald is a watchdog reporter at the Union Tribune who has been covering this story. Jeff, to begin, could you give us some background? You know, what are the three lawsuits that are currently underway? Uh, Well, as you say, there are three lawsuits. Two of them were filed by the city attorney's office. The city's lawsuit targets Jason Hughes, the volunteer advisor who ended up making almost $10 million off the Ash Street and Civic Center Plaza leases. Uh, It also names Sistera Development, the landlord in uh, both Ash Street and uh, the Civic Center Plaza, and Sistera's lender. A shop out of Maryland called CGA uh, Capital. Uh, That suit was initially filed in the fall of 2020, but it was amended last summer after the city attorney's office learned about the payments to Mr. Hughes. Uh, Separate from those two cases uh, is the taxpayer lawsuit brought forward by a resident named John Gordon, who was represented by former city attorney Mike Aguirre and his law partner, another former deputy city attorney named Maria Severson. Uh, They're suing under a different uh, legal position, alleging that the lease needs to be voided because it was illegal under the state constitution. So that case has standing and it was able to um, pass what's called a demur last year. And so Mr. Aguirre and Ms. Severson have done a whole bunch of depositions and they've collected a lot of discovery materials and are uh, putting together a pretty strong case. Uh, We'll see where that goes. Um, Meantime, the lender, uh, CGA Capital, has, uh, they've they've all countersued the city, uh, I should say, Uh, but the lender has filed what's called a motion for summary judgment, which is coming up later this spring, where, the defendant is saying, hey, judge, there's no merit to these legal claims. This case should be dismissed. Uh, These are pretty significant proceedings, and the city is going to be asked to defend its its lawsuit uh, in court, and uh, it's not clear what kind of evidence they've compiled to um, mount that defense. So we'll see where that goes. Okay, the most recent news uh, in the story was the city met Tuesday in a closed door session. Six of nine council members attended and no action was taken. But uh, what could have happened at that meeting and and why did nothing happen? Well, it's mostly speculation. The the closed sessions of the city council, for obvious reasons, are uh, are confidential. So sometimes things spill out in... uh, uh, in in public, but largely those discussions are confidential, and 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 you know, so people like me and you, we're just speculating about what happened. There was no vote announced. We do know that, 
Uh, what I'm told is that a settlement was presented and the city council declined to approve it. Uh, and this is the second time this month this has happened. So what appears to be happening is that the city attorney's office has a settlement uh, deal points in hand with the defendants, but for whatever reason, the council is unwilling to sign off on that deal uh, unless and until the council does so. We won't know what the settlement terms are, so we're not sure what's happening. I know that speakers um, at various meetings uh, have asked for the city not to settle until the people know the details of, uh, of what happened. Do you think that's likely? Probably not. Uh, the city attorney would have uh, made steps to uh, to move along that path if uh, if she wanted already. Uh, to the city's credit, they have done a number of um, independent reviews of the transaction. None of them have been flattering to the city. Uh, there's a lot of failure to go around here with uh, both current leadership in San Diego City Hall and former leaders in San Diego City Hall. So it's not just there's not just one reason or one thing that happened that led to this, uh, you know, failed transaction. Uh, where it goes forward, uh, it's just a really interesting, you know, cluster of events that have that have pushed forward to put the city where it is now. Um, I don't know how they settle with Mr. Hughes. Uh, if he gives back the money, I mean, who does he give it to? He didn't get it from the city. Uh, I should say one of the uh, one of the uh, ideas being bantered around is that Mr. Hughes returned the nine and a half million dollars he made. Uh, the trouble with that is that he was paid by this lender in Maryland. He wasn't paid by the city. The city was paying uh, the lender as part of its monthly uh, monthly mortgage payments on the building. So there's just a lot of wrinkles into uh, into what's going on with this deal and how uh, how the city's going to extricate itself from it. Yeah, that's really interesting. I don't understand the difference it would make for him to return his fee. It wouldn't change the details of the deal, right? And it doesn't change the intentions <laughs> behind the deal when it was being made. No, and it would do nothing to resolve the Gordon litigation, which is the taxpayer lawsuit, uh, which is kind of a noose around all the other players' necks. Uh, they were kind of clearly hoping that case would go away. Uh, they tried to get it thrown out and were not successful. Uh, and the deposition testimony is unveiling a uh, a lot of interesting communications and uh, and uh, positions. So we'll see what happens and how aggressive the city decides to be in uh, in litigating this. They haven't been very aggressive to date. Yeah. Well, the wrinkles you mentioned. I mean, you keep having stories coming out about you know deleted text during uh, the making of this deal about the city auditor asking for uh, independent lawyers to come in. I mean, what else is important to know about this case as it stands? Well, I think the, the public has a lot to learn about why this case went, why this transaction went forward in the manner it did. Uh, there's some speculation that the former mayor was trying to uh, avoid any kind of public association with Doug Manchester, who, uh, you know, was something of a hot button uh, in San Diego uh, and a big political supporter of the mayor. So perhaps uh, Mr. Faulkner didn't want to be perceived as doing business with Mr. Manchester. Uh, you know, who knows? Um, the price the city agreed to pay, uh, the condition of the building, all of these things went forward uh, just in a very unusual way uh, with little oversight. Uh, and I think that uh, that helped push us to where we are today. 
Uh, I'm not sure where it ends. I've been wondering that for uh, for the past couple, three years, uh, how this ends. Um, I do know that if a settlement uh, on the city side uh, is reached, and, and that entails a new deal with the same uh, players, uh, Sistera Development and or CGA Capital uh, or Jason Hughes, then uh, you know, the city's very likely to be sued again under the same cause of action because the Gordon case is still pertinent and uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting case and uh, lots of failure to go around and, and lots of money being spent to, um, to uh, get made whole, I suppose. Yeah, what do you think is the, the best case scenario uh, for residents and taxpayers? Uh, it's hard to say at this point. Uh, I, I keep reporting that, uh, you know, the city's invested tens of millions of dollars in this building already, at least 60. It might be as much as 100 million, maybe even more than that. It's not altogether clear. So the city's already on the hook for a huge sum of money for a building that's not only not habitable, but they don't own it yet. They don't, uh, uh, it's not clear that the city even needs it. Uh, don't, don't forget, they acquired this building long before COVID and a huge sector of the San Diego city workforce, just like most companies, uh, is now working from home. So the problem the city was trying to solve in acquiring the building may not be a problem any longer. We don't know that because the city hasn't done an updated uh, analysis of its uh, of its office space needs or if they have they haven't made it public so how does this end i, I don't know i, I thought that uh, mr aguirre uh the former city attorney who's representing the taxpayer he and uh, his law partner put forward a proposed settlement last week that would have cut bait with the city's losses uh 60 plus million again a big pill to swallow but it would also do away with any ability of the city to sign a new lease with these, with these, uh, with these people, uh, and prevent the city from acquiring the building. I thought that was an interesting solution. It's obviously not popular. Uh, on the other hand, the idea that the city's going to claw back all the money it paid—that uh, seems um, unlikely. Uh, you know, from my non-legal layperson's point of view. Okay. Well, we'll be following your stories, Jeff McDonald. Watchdog reporter at the UT. Thanks. Thank you, Christy.